Welcome to Season 1 of the HolyAnointing.com podcast. I'm glad you're here. Each week I'll bring you interviews with special guests on topics such as holy marriage, holy entertainment, and holy life. All with one outcome in mind, your freedom. My name is Cameron Thomas and I believe that true freedom only comes through relationship with Jesus Christ. But though many of us know Him, not all of us are living free. I'm not there yet, but as I go on this journey towards spiritual freedom, financial freedom, and physical freedom, I want to share with you not only the wisdom I gain, but the wisdom of others who are farther along than I am. So relax and be blessed as you join me on this journey. Welcome everybody to the Holy Anointing Podcast. I'm super excited because this is our first one. Number one. I thought this thing would never get off the ground, but here we are. Um, We're talking to very special somebody today. If you guys have been following me at all, or if you're about to follow me, you know that my my kind of tagline is freedom. I'm all about freedom. I'm all about uh, you know spiritual freedom, financial freedom, physical freedom, um, all these freedoms that that we can have when we when we do things Christ's way. And uh, my guest today is Corey Nichols from Destiny Rescue, and uh, I couldn't think of a better topic to talk about when I talk about freedom. Uh, than what he does. He is the, I'll introduce him, and he, what, what are you now? Because you just changed positions. Yeah, my, my role is the National Director of Development for Destiny Rescue. National Director of Development, so he's, he's big stuff. He, uh, no. When I, when I met him, he was a measly director. Now he's the National Director. So <laughs> Anyway, welcome, Corey. Thank you for being my first guest. I, I appreciate it, and uh, I appreciate you. I love uh, hanging out with you and hearing about all that you're doing. So... Um, let's start with Corey Nichols. Who is Corey Nichols? Give me a little bit of background, your upbringing, and how you got to where you are today. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you for having me on your show, Cameron. It's a real honor to be here, and any chance I get to talk about the issue of human trafficking, uh, children being exploited, and even be able to share a little bit of my journey, it's, it's always a real pleasure and honor. So thank you for having me. You're welcome. So to give your listeners a little bit of background, I grew up in a great Christian family, great parents that loved God. I grew up with uh, three brothers. And back in elementary school, I don't know why I had this deep thought in the fifth grade, but I was sitting in history class listening to why people were being bought and sold and lived in slavery, less than animals based off the color of their skin. And something inside of me rose up to said, that's not okay. And this thought entered my mind, why was I born in this generation? Why not back in the 16, 17, 1800s to stand up for those victims and to ensure justice for them? Little did I know that that was a seed that God had planted in my heart um, some 27 years ago. And today I'm living that out. So fast forward Um, to I'm 16 years old. And my parents, even though I came from a great Christian family, uh, they went through a difficult divorce. Um, As a 16-year-old, growing through adolescence, there's a lot of things you just don't understand. And uh, all I knew is that my family was being ripped apart. And it was very painful to, to see my dad move out of our home. And I remember just weeping, saying, Dad, don't move out. Like, it it was just something I couldn't understand. Well, so our family was hurting, and we had um, a friend of our family's, had been a friend for years, um, was comforting us during that time. And during that that difficult time, he ended up spending the night, and I woke up to him sexually molesting me in the middle of the night. And so when sometimes when you go through a difficulty, instead of somebody helping you up, they take advantage of the situation. And 
And I found myself in that situation. So I, I had to go through my own healing process. It wasn't overnight. But um, I went away to college. <clears throat> and it was in college that God really got a hold of my heart. And I dealt with unforgiveness. I dealt <clears throat> with the pain of my past and really surrendered it to God. And I said, God, make something of my life. And got a degree in architecture, moved to after college, uh, moved to Atlanta, Georgia, where I, I lived out a successful architecture, a successful architecture career for about five years and uh, worked for a great firm, uh, had a nice house and a nice car and living, living just a great lifestyle. Uh, was involved in two great churches while there. But then the 2008 economy collapse happened and I ended up losing everything. I lost my job and then I ended up losing my house and I lost my car. And I was like, what, what on earth is happening, God? Why am I going through all this stuff? And, you know, sometimes when you're in the storms of life, it's difficult to see that God actually has a plan and a purpose and he can weave it so beautifully into our lives. But for me, it was very confusing in the moment. And I remember putting all of my furniture out in front of my driveway and just basically had to, enough time to just give it away and um, and then be able to move home to family that could support me. So my dad and uh, stepmom in this season of my life allowed me to live with them in their basement for two years without a car, rebounding financially. And it was in that ultimate low point um, that I just began to seriously cry to God, what are you doing, God? Make sense of my life. And it was in that moment that God, deep on the inside, spoke to me and said, Corey, I want you to set captives free. I was like, what does that mean? How can I set captives free? I have nothing. And, I, and I, it, it was like, it wasn't this audible voice, but it was this impression in my heart that, that God was saying to me, Corey, I don't need anything from you. I just need you. I want you to say yes. I own everything. I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I just want something that's willing, available, that's emptied of themselves, that I can fill with my power to do something incredible in life. I take very average, ordinary people and put my power in them, the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and through that, I can accomplish great things in the earth. And so I said, okay, God, do whatever you want to do. It wasn't some super spiritual moment. It just was out of real desperation that I just want my life to begin to make sense. And so a short time later, a friend of mine was saying, well, have you ever considered writing a blog? I, you, you have a very interesting story and journey that God's taking you through. And I said, no, never thought of it. So I ended up starting this free blog and out of that conversation. And within two months of me log, uh, launching this blogger.com blog, the largest Christian newspaper in the company contacted me. They said, we're reworking our newspaper. We found your blog. We love how you write. We think the stories and the message you're sharing needs to be told. What would you think about writing for us? And I was like, does this even happen? There's billions of bloggers out there trying to make it, make it in the writing world. I was just trying to be obedient to what I felt God asked me to do. And lo and behold, he, he can find you on the backside of a desert and launch you into uh, his purposes. And so I said, yes. And I began a published writing career with them. And I started learning about the issue of human trafficking. And I came across this incredible organization called Destiny Rescue. 
And I found out they were taking, they were going in undercover into brothels and bars and red light districts to identify underage children trapped in the sex trade. And they were rescuing them, giving them their dignity back, giving them the chance to dream out the dream God put in them. And I was like, I have to do something. And so I found out you could take um, a trip overseas to visit their work in Thailand and Cambodia. And that was my goal, to go interview the founder and to write this favorable article. Halfway through the trip, um, the founder approached me and said, hey, our writer's leaving the organization. What would you think about coming on staff and writing for us? And I said, no. I have too many things going back on in the States. I have a published writing career. I'm getting opportunities to speak in churches. And so how could this possibly make sense out of that? I, I'd have to move to Asia, and I never had a desire to move to Asia, ever. And But I came back to the States, and I couldn't sleep for two weeks. And little by little, God just was ticking at my heart. And on my own quiet time with God, I happened to be going through the story of Esther in the Bible. If you know anything about that story, she was to deliver or set free her people from an evil plot by a man that had coerced the king to to come against her people. And she was going to keep quiet. She was afraid to reveal her lineage to the king. But her older cousin Mordecai sent a servant to her and said, don't think that you and your family be safe if you say nothing. But could it be that God has raised you up for such a time as this? And I don't know about you, but scripture usually doesn't jump off the page at me, but this scripture jumped off the page at me. When it does, you pay attention. (laughs) Yes, yes. And I felt like, again, God was stirring my heart. Corey, I want you to be a voice for these kids. Quit trying to figure your life out and just say yes to me. And so that began this incredible journey of me moving overseas to Asia uh, to become uh, Destiny Rescue's senior copywriter and eventually their media director for the organization. And after all of my research, um, working with police, um, aftercare, caseworkers, understand the dynamics of why children are being bought and sold into the sex trade, especially in the developing world, but really around the world. Two leading causes stuck out, the breakdown or instability of family and poverty. What's interesting about that is those are two things I walk through in my own journey. And one thing I learned is that God doesn't prevent every wrong thing from happening to us, but he does promise he will work everything um, out to our advantage and good. Romans 8, 28, mm-hmm. for God works all things together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. And so I had I not gone through those circumstances, I don't know that I would have the sympathy or compassion that I have today to be a voice on behalf of millions of children around the world. So that's kind of how I got involved. That's a little bit about my journey and background. Wow, that's amazing. And all that and what you started in 2008, so it's only been, what, eight, nine years? Mm-hmm. Man. God moves fast when he moves, right? (laughs) He does. And, you know, I think the interesting thing is sometimes it can appear that God just moves suddenly, but he's actually at work in our lives behind the scenes when sometimes we think we're just being wronged or going through injustice, or we we just think we're at a mundane desk job and we're doing nothing, but God is at work behind the scenes. And looking back, I see God's fingerprints throughout my life preparing me for this time in my life. Yeah, I'm glad you said that, because that's, uh, that's kind of been my experience, too. Like, there's some sort of undercurrent of what God's doing, and you don't see it when you're in the middle of it, and it can be very frustrating. I mean, I've spent so many nights just like, you've given me this vision of what you want me to do. Why will it just not happen? And, you know, you kind of, like you say, you look back and you realize, oh, that's what you were doing over there. You know, it's like, while I was being impatient, you just have all the patience in the world and, and you know, making things happen. So, yeah, I love that. 
it's amazing. Like one thing I think is is funny is God just does not work on our time frame or our timetable. We're like God when, and He's like, trust me. Yeah, when I want. It's like, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I know, that's so funny. So uh, tell us a little bit about Destiny Rescue. What what exactly do they do, and how do they um, free these children from the sex trafficking? So that's a great question, and you know I love. Um, this organization. And so really to understand why Destiny Rescue exists, I want to share briefly about the issue of human trafficking. Human trafficking is the fastest growing illegal enterprise in our world today. There's estimated to be more slaves than at any other time in human history. And there's new statistics that came out and said it's a $150 billion a year industry. 99 billion of it is specific to sexual exploitation. And sadly, many of them are children, the most vulnerable in life. Isaiah 61 eight says this, for I, the Lord, love justice. Because he loves it, he wants his church to love it. He wants us to stand up for those, to intervene on behalf of those that could not get out of a situation if it wasn't for his people being their voice, being their advocate, being, being their deliverer. And so... Destiny Rescue's mission is to end child sexual slavery worldwide. We have a a daunting task. We want to end it in our lifetime. So in order to do that, we need to raise up an army of people that will join with us that carry God's heart for those around the world that can't stand up for themselves. So Destiny Rescue, we literally have agents that go in undercover, identifying underage kids trapped in sexual slavery. Um, Currently, we work in the developing world. We work in Thailand, Cambodia, Laos, India, the Philippines, and the Dominican Republic, and, and we're continuing to expand into new countries all the time. But we have agents that will literally go in undercover, identify ca- kids trapped in the sex trade, and we will rescue them. We work closely with police. So whether it's the FBI, the United States FBI, whether it's um, their equivalent to the FBI in these other countries that we work in, for example, in Thailand, it would be the DSI. And we work closely with them to identify children that are trapped in the sex trade to do raids. So we will, we will work with them, shutting down brothels, arresting pedophiles and brothel owners um, so that the demand can be curbed and those perpetrating these kids can be brought to justice. We also work independently from the police although they know all the time what we're doing, to, to rescue kids. And so sometimes, for example, a raid could take up to six months to plan a raid. Wow. And so these kids are trapped in there. And so our heart is to ensure justice for these kids so they're not being abused every single night. So we will go in undercover, um, posing as customers, building relationship with them, and then ultimately offering them rescue. So this past year, we rescued 485 children um, in the various countries that we work in. That's more well over uh, one a day that we're rescuing. And there's many more kids out there, but they need our help. You might ask, what happens once we rescue these kids? Uh, We bring them actually into one of our safe homes. So we have safe homes in every country that we work in, uh, except the Philippines. We actually partner with another aftercare program, a Christian-based aftercare program in that country, as we are getting set up to do aftercare there. But we, so once a child enters our care, they get professional Christian-based counseling. All their daily needs are met. Their food, clothing, shelter, medical treatment. They get assigned a counselor, a caseworker, and also life course class teachers that are wrapping around these kids 
understanding the dynamics of why that child ended up in the sex trade. They're exploring what happened in that family unit that's creating that vulnerability so that we can work with the child, also with the family to ensure once reintegration happens, they can, they can stay together as a family unit, which is the best case scenario, and they can thrive in life as a family. M- most children will come to Christ when they're in our care, and they understand the love of God, the labels society, the world religion have placed on them false religions um, are being uh, replaced with the truth of God's word, that they are loved, they're made in his image. And because of that, they have intrinsic worth and value. And they're given a chance to dream again. We discover the dreams in our, their heart, so our caseworkers will work to develop goals so that when they're eventually reintegrated, they can, they can, they can begin to take steps towards the dreams in their heart. We'll also provide their education, and once they turn 15 to 17 years old, they can start learning a vocation or trade, um, as we, we mentioned a little earlier, um, where they can, they can become a seamstress, they can work in a cafe, they uh, can become a professional certified hairdresser. We partner with government programs in the different countries that we work in, so that really the sky's the limit for them. It's really helping them meet the dream in their heart, the one that God put there. <clears throat> that's one of the things I absolutely love about Destiny Rescue. It's not like you just pull them out and say, here you go. Like you guys take them from rescue all the way to making sure that they are taken care of for the rest of their lives. I think that's such an amazing, amazing thing that Destiny Rescue does. Um, talk a little bit about, you've, you've actually been in the field undercover before, right? Can you tell us a little bit about that experience and what it's like? Absolutely. What, one of the stories that's sticks near and dear to my heart is when I was first introduced to doing undercover work. And I happened to be in a brothel in Thailand with our founder. Tony Kerwin is our founder, amazing man, huge vision that God has given him to rescue and restore children. And we were undercover and we were were sitting with a 16-year-old girl. And this 16-year-old, she had an overcoat on, but when her number was called to go up on stage and dance, she was stripped of her dignity. And my heart absolutely broke because you could see the desperation in her eyes as she got up there to dance. She wasn't even dancing like all the other girls. She was trying to cover herself up because she was so embarrassed and um, so ashamed of what she was being forced to do. And in that moment, I just... I just began to cry out to God in this scripture in Isaiah 58. It says this, the fasting that I am pleased with is not when you do all these religious things, but it's when you clothe the naked. One of the things that he said, this is what honors me, is when you clothe the naked. And it was like, God was saying, Corey, I'm in this brothel and I want you, I want my people, the church, to rescue those that can't rescue themselves, that are being stripped of their dignity. And you, you, my hands and feet are giving them their dignity, giving them their lives back. And so that impacted me severely. It took us, um, I believe, four months to get this girl out because her own parents sold her into a brothel to pay off a debt. She hated every living moment being there. But again, culture plays a part in this because as a young person, you bring dishonor to the family if you don't do exactly what they're saying. It's an honor base culture. And so she hated it. She didn't want to be there, but she didn't think she could go against what her parents told her to do. And so she feels trapped. And so while she may have the physical freedom to leave, she doesn't because of the culture and her own parents, the pressure her parents have put on her. And so we rescued her and we're now today paying for her college education. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. It's such a, you know, prison doesn't have to be 
physical. I, I I can't remember what movie I was watching, but there was a great line in it where you know this guy looks at this other guy and says, "I have a feeling you carry your prison with you wherever you go." You know, it's it's that prison of the mind where you just think you don't have any any out or any any rights or anything, and you're just stuck. And um, it's just such a it breaks my heart to think that a child would think that that they would think that they have nowhere to go. They're just stuck in this sex trade. There there's there's no hope for them. And there's so much hope in Jesus and so much hope in, in uh, helping to save them. It, it just, uh, I mean, that's, that's really what makes me tick. I mean, that's, why, that's part of why I'm so glad you're my first guest, because I, I just, I want to help set these kids free. I mean, it just, it, I am still in awe that this still exists. Um, and and that I'll, I'll let that lead into my next question is, one of the things that I think we don't realize and what I've come to realize over the last couple of years, um, talking to you and talking to other people is that this isn't just in Asia. I mean, there, talk a little bit about how prevalent this is in the United States right now. That's a great question. Um, it's a big issue in the United States, even though the United States is ahead of this game in many ways because we have a strong justice system. I didn't say perfect, but we do have a strong justice system, checks and balances. And, we're holding people accountable. Um, two, two-thirds, roughly two-thirds of our raids fail in these other developing countries because of corruption. And so I don't want to name what countries those are, um, um, but I do want to say that we face enormous challenges because the very people that should be ensuring their justice, um, fighting for them, upholding their rights as citizens, are not doing that. They're being paid under the table. So. So I am so grateful for the United States and the justice systems we have. Now, in saying that, there's still enormous vulnerability. Um, many people believe, and um, I, I don't want to say this is a proven fact, but um, in many people's estimation, the number one adverse person in the United States is the foster care child. It's, again, dealing with the instability or breakdown of family. That could be a number of different reasons. Parents are addicted to drugs. There's abuse in the home, so the child wants to run away, and they end up in the foster care system. There's neglect. The parents may die, and there's no family to take the child, extended family to take that child in, so they end up in the foster care system. And uh, there's trauma that ensues when people are taken out of their own home and placed into another type home or a government orphanage setting. Um, and so that that creates trauma. And so these kids are starving for love. Traffickers know that. They're hanging out at mall food courts. They're hanging out bus stations, train stations. They're looking to identify a weak, vulnerable person. And many of those times it's a child. And so one way that um, we combat the uh, Destiny Rescue here in the States is we raise awareness on what's happening around the world um, in high schools, in youth groups, in churches. If people want to know what they can do locally, we focus internationally, but we also know that people want to fight it here. And so creating strong youth programs where people understand their value and worth, who they are in Christ. I was just speaking at a youth conference, and that was one of the leading things that I said that you could do to protect yourself is know who you are in, your, in Christ. Don't find your value of love in a boyfriend that can easily trick you, coerce you, or whatever. That's what traffickers do. They, they, they coerce or trick women to think that they're, they're their boyfriend, and then they force them or they coerce them to prostitute themselves out. What real boyfriend or what real man w- would be prostituting out somebody? 
at the expense so that they, why aren't they prostituting themselves out? Right. I mean, it's a very backwards way of thinking. And so, you know, teaching these kids their value and worth that they're not finding in that, that it, there's warning signs that many times we brush off because we're hurting and we're looking for, for help, we're looking for love. And many times when you come from, bro- you have brokenness on the inside of you, you're looking in all the wrong places because you don't think you're valuable enough. You don't think you have dignity. But see, when you know who you are in Christ, you understand that you have great worth and value, that Christ died for sinners, broken, even those that make lots of mistakes. It's only by grace we're saved. So, you know, um, there's an opportunity to really invest in the youth, um, I think that's an incredible opportunity here in the U.S. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, that, and it's that same mental prison that we talked about earlier. You know, it's like you you go after something. You they may even go after something they know is wrong because they just think that they deserve that. They think that that's all they're worth, and that just and can't believe some of the stuff that's going on. So, um, let's talk a little bit about your uh, trip to Asia. You just went on a trip to Asia. Tell us a little bit about what went on and what uh, what did you experience while you were over there. Absolutely. It was an incredible trip. So we were visiting many of our rescue homes and our aftercare programs. And we were also doing some undercover work as well while, while I was over there. So did some work in Thailand, Cambodia, and India. And uh, just saw, I went away more convinced than ever that our organization is an incredible organization that's growing. We're on the, we're on the forefront of this fight. We're constantly learning and growing how we can do things better. And um, uh, what one, one opportunity that we have is in the slum villages in India. Um, if you know anything about India, it's based off a of, like their whole culture is based off of Hinduism, which creates a caste system and that becomes part of culture. So there's all these caste systems and whether they say that it exists or not, it exists in in people's thinking more so than even just laws. And so um, keeping people that are the un, what's called the untouchables in, in extreme poverty, they can't rise above it um, just for the fact of the family they were born into. They can't rise above and accomplish great things in life based off this culture. And so in order for that to happen, they have to scheme, connive, steal, push somebody down to pull themselves up. And it's it's created a lot of challenges. And you can see that when you go visit these slum villages. So Destiny Rescue is working um, to rescue kids out of prostitution because their families, there's no hope for their families. They're digging through trash just to survive. And... Um, so these girl, these girls are prostituting themselves out. They have an agent. We're going in and we're rescuing them, working with families that they can uh, have a meaningful job opportunity. We're teaching them vocational trade. They're, they, they go through Christian studies and are going through our life course classes and a healing process to deal with the trauma that they endured. But we're also... Um, keeping their family units intact so that uh, these kids can stay with their families and we're meeting needs as a family unit. And it's created unbelievable results in terms of the number of kids we can help. And um, I was just in the slum village and asking them, what has the Destiny Rescue meant to you? And one girl said, "We have ab- I had absolutely no hope that my life would ever change. But because of Destiny Rescue... I now have a future and I have real hope. And you know, is that not the gospel? The gospel is hope. It's hope to people. It's forgiven of their past. It's 
teaching them that God has a bright future for them, that he wants good for them, not evil, a plan and a future for them. Um, Jeremiah uh, 29, 11. And um, another girl said, uh, well, this is beautiful. She goes, I was Hindu. But because Destiny Rescue rescued me out of that situation, I became open to the gospel. And I knew that I needed to accept Jesus. And I came to Christ. But it was, I, I wanted to lead my family to the Lord. And she led her entire family to Jesus Christ. And to, to see these kids so hungry to learn a skill or trade like sewing, uh, tailoring, it's like they had no hope. And now all of a sudden you're giving them this incredible opportunity and they think it's like receiving a million dollars. They are those, they're smiling ear to ear. They're so eager to learn and grow and say, I have worth. I, I, I'm, I believed in enough to be able to give, be given a, a vocation or trade. That, that, there was something that was so impacting with that um, and, and really just um, very moving, very moving. Well, there's something impacting when we when we realize that we, you know, to give you an example, one of the things, uh, and I hear this in my business a lot, and I hear, you know, other people, you know, I deserve this, I deserve that, and I constantly, like, I live under the, the guise that I deserve nothing in this life but death. Like, that's all that I deserve in this life, and everything else is just grace. Everything else is just God saved me, God provided, God took care of me, you know, and... and I think if we took a little bit more of that to heart and just realized, you know, the, there's people out there hurting, you know, we need to not just preach Jesus and not just Bible thump, but, but be Jesus to these people, um, get out and, and see what's going on and, and, uh, be a part of it. And, uh, um, I'm going to let that lead into, so what, how can my listeners, uh, participate with Destiny Rescue? What, what are some of the things we can do to help you guys, uh, save more kids and, uh, have another record year this year? That's a great question. Um, I think, first of all, you can, you can go to our website, destinyrescue.org, uh, www.destinyrescue.org. We have a lot of great resources and tools and information. We have a news uh, section, latest news that you can read through blog articles and, and just learn about our programs. But I think there's three really good, easy ways you can get involved. One is if you're out there and you have a heart, maybe you've been abused yourself and you know the damaging effects of abuse. Well, maybe God is having you listen today so that you could be a deliverer for another child so that they don't have to endure such horrific abuse, that you could partner with an organization that's on the front lines, risking our own lives so that these kids can truly live out their destiny and freedom, the plan and purpose that God has for them. Destiny Rescue, the average cost it takes us to rescue a child is about $1,500. So maybe maybe you're listening today and you can't volunteer your time or something like that, but you can volunteer resources resources that's literally going to help save children's futures. Um, I can say we rescued 485 children this last year, and that none of that would be possible if it wasn't for those putting up their hand to say, I'm willing to help rescue a child. Maybe it's one, maybe it's more, maybe you're a business person and you want to contribute in that capacity as well. Or maybe you can't afford that all by yourself, but as a women's group or a men's group, or you could run in a race or do something like that and then um, inspire others to support you in that run, uh, 
uh, run to rescue a child for, for freedom. Something like that could be a great opportunity. Another one would be once we rescue these kids, they actually come live in one of our homes. And we have a whole aftercare program and safe homes. And that's not free. So it costs something. So we, we've developed a program called Sponsor a Home. You can support one of our homes. Uh, it's $35 a month, or you can, you can donate more per month. But the minimum is $35. And you're literally helping to see these kids healed, um, restored, learn, get an education, learn a skill or trade, and then reintegrate it back into society where we will walk with them an additional two years doing follow-up to ensure that they're thriving in life. And um, you'll get quarterly, quarterly updates on what's happening in the home. I sponsor a home myself, and it's unbelievable the, the stories that you get back um, of just kids in the care that are being healed. They're coming to Christ. They're being reintegrated. Uh, it, th- we share rescue numbers as well of what's happened over the last three months. And uh, I just couldn't be more proud of, of supporting something that's really making um, a difference. Another opportunity for all you women out there that love handcrafted jewelry. Um, number one, you can go directly on our website and purchase jewelry. For, any, for every $12 purchase that keeps one of our children employed for a day, um, when I say child, I mean young adult, 15 to 17 years old, uh, when they can start learning a skill or trade. Um, or you can host a jewelry party. Um, that's a very easy way. You can go directly online um, on uh ways to get involved, and you can sign up to, uh, to host a jewelry party. We'll ship you a box of jewelry for free, and um, you invite your friends, and you, you can purchase jewelry. We send you a credit card reader. We send you, you can pay by check or cash. And the average jewelry party brings in about five to $700, and so that keeps one to two children employed for an entire month. And all those funds go back into our organization to continue to help us rescue and restore children. And it also pays um, to employ those, those kids that are actually making the jewelry as well. So it's very cyclical. It's very holistic. Um, also, I, I would say just maybe you're a connector out there. Like you don't have a lot of funds, but you're a connector. Maybe you're a pastor listening or you're, you're in leadership at a church or something, um, I, I speak in tons of churches across the West Coast and actually across the United States and um, at conferences, women's groups, men's groups. And we would love to share the story of our work and inspire people to join this fight with us. And so maybe that's you. Um, again, if that's you, um, you can always reach out to our website, destinyrescue.org. We have an interest form directly on there and that can get back to me. And we would love um, to to come speak at your group or event or church. You guys have made this too easy for people to participate and help out. <laughs> I mean, just the jewelry party, will ship it all out to you. I mean, there's really, it's so easy to help them out. Um, and let me tell you guys too, that this jewelry is not like macaroni on a string jewelry. This is like really nice jewelry. My wife has bought some in the past and and it's really, it's it's very well done. It's very well made and um, so don't be afraid to uh, do those jewelry parties. Uh, you can also follow Destiny Rescue on Instagram, which is something that I do. I'm trying to find your tag, though. Oh, it's just Destiny Rescue, right? So if you search Destiny Rescue on, on Instagram, you get to see all these amazing posts. I'm looking at uh, seven children rescued, five girls rescued, 24 rescued, 32 freedom, uh, 31 rescued. I mean, it's just... 
it's so encouraging when I look at my Instagram feed and just see all these different children that are that are being rescued and 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 just the amazing work that they're doing. So uh, follow them on Instagram. You guys are probably on Facebook too. Somewhere. We're on Facebook. Yeah. Um, I think it's uh, facebook.com forward slash Destiny Rescue. All right, cool. So. So at the very least, follow them, pray for them, pray for the kids that are that are being rescued, uh, pray for the kids that haven't been rescued yet, that they would get rescued, and um, that the funds would come in that we can that we can end this in our lifetime because it's really something that um, just speaks to my heart, speaks to Corey's heart, and uh, you know speaks to that freedom that we're talking about. And we want to set these. I mean, the kids of all people should be the ones that are free, um, and we really want to set them free. So. Uh, thank you, Corey, for coming today. Thank you for being my first guest and, and just sharing these awesome stories because it's, it's amazing. It's such an honor to be here, Cameron. I, I feel honored to be your first guest. So thank you for having me. Thank you for sharing with your listeners about the issue of human trafficking, the work of Destiny Rescue. We all play our part. Our yes looks different. Um, I just want to encourage people to do something. All of that looks different. But it's when we each play our part, when the Holy Spirit tugs at us, that we respond. And when that happens, our world can look very different, and the kingdom of God can move forward and advance in great ways. Absolutely. All right, we'll catch you guys next time on the Holy Anointing Podcast. Mm -hmm.